Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. The Holy Spirit can give you, yeah, He can give you a word of wisdom. Well, how do I get that? You ask for it. You ask for it. Paul tells us later, hey, don't be afraid to ask for the gifts. You may or may not have used that gift in the past. Maybe you've never had that. Maybe you feel that you are just dumber in a box of rocks and dealing with this kind of stuff. Well, you know what? It's okay to ask. Lord, give me a word of wisdom because, man, this is not going well right now. In today's message, Pastor David takes us through many of the spiritual gifts that are listed in the New Testament. While it is our role to use our abilities for God, we don't need to stress about narrowing our gifts to one specific area before we start serving others. Pastor David encourages you to faithfully seek after God and pray for gifts that you haven't yet used in your life. You never know. God may have opportunities in store when you are surprised by His power at work in you. Now here's Pastor David with part three of his message entitled, Wisdom. I think that Paul is simply using these synonyms or or words of the activities in just in his form of writing to bring about what we spoke about last week, that there are differences of gifts and, and ministries and activities, but there is only one Holy Spirit, one Lord Jesus, and one God the Father. I think that's the important thing of what Paul was trying to get across in chapter or in verses four through six. Some divide the gifts out as revelation gifts and power gifts and vocal gifts, and that that might work. Uh, the way I found it, it, it's just easy to divide them up according to what Peter writes in First Peter chapter four. Keep your place in in First Corinthians twelve. Turn to your your right, your military right, to First Peter chapter four. First Peter chapter four. Maybe you didn't realize that uh, Peter talked about the gifts of the Spirit, but he does. We touched on it a little earlier. 1 Peter chapter 4, down in verse 10 and 11. Peter writes, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And then he goes on in verse 11. He says, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracle of God. If anyone ministers... Let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. So here the easy way to divide it up to me is the speaking or the vocal gifts and the ministering or the serving gifts. It's 
relatively easy to see how each one of these gifts fall into place in, in that kind of division. You, let's just look at them, if you would. You've got your papers here with you. The gifts, although they are not in order on that paper according to Scripture, remember last week I told you I shifted them around so that we could see those that are similar in all uh, four of those verse categories. But if you, we say a speaking gift or a ministering gift. And we look in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 through 10. The first one we come to is the word of wisdom. Is that a speaking or a ministering gift? I, I can't argue with both. When the whole thing starts out, a word, a W-O-R-D, a word of wisdom, okay, that tells me it's more of a speaking gift, okay? It will minister when it's done right. I understand that. But all of them do that. So cut me some slack. Word of knowledge, speaking gift. Thank you. Okay, now we're going in the flow. Okay, what about faith? I think it's more of a ministering gift. And again, you're going to speak things and declare things in faith. I understand that, but it's it's a ministry. And when we get into the definitions, we'll probably see a little bit clearer what we're looking at here. You look at the gift of healing. That's a ministering gift. That's a service gift. Are you going to speak? Well, yeah, you probably will. But at the same time, it's mainly a ministering gift. The gift of uh, prophecy, that's a speaking gift. Thank you very much. So the speaking gift right there. The gift of miracles, a ministering or service gift. The gift of tongues, speaking gift. The interpretation of tongues, speaking gift. Discerning of spirits, that's a ministering gift. Yeah, you're going to find out, whoa, that, that's not right. I mean, you're going to speak, but it, it's going to be ministering because of the intent and the impact of it. We look at, actually, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28. We've got some of the ones that are in there. Say the gift of apostles. That's kind of both, actually. You know, That was one that I really felt solid. That's both. Uh, the apostle, he's going to be speaking, but he's ministering to the overall thing. Prophets. That's primarily a speaking gift. The gift of uh, teachers, primarily a speaking gift. Tongues, again, speaking. Miracles, that's a ministry, service gift. The gifts of healing, a ministry, service gift. Gift of helps, again, ministering, service gift. Administrations, primarily service and ministering. There will be speaking done with it, but primarily it's kind of holding things together. When we get to Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8, Again, prophecy is there. Prophecy, primarily the speaking forth, the telling forth, the oracles of God, the, the, the word of God. So a speaking gift. Teaching, again, speaking. Exhortation, the, again, that's the idea of speaking and speaking out into people's lives, encouraging people, directing people, correcting people. Uh, the gift of ministry, well, the name itself, it's a ministry gift. The uh, uh, generosity or giving, that's a ministry gift. Leadership, again, there'll be speaking, but primarily it's an overall type of a ministry gift. Mercy, a ministry type of a gift. You're helping, you're assisting someone. When we get to Ephesians chapter four, verse 11, again, we got prophets again. We also have apostles again. Evangelists, definitely a speaking gift. Pastors and teachers, definitely a speaking gift. So we see that how they can fall into those categories fairly cleanly. Again, there is that that is primarily just speaking out 
There is that that's just kind of hands-on. Man, I'm, I'm in there, I'm, I'm working, you know, whatever the need is there. So back in 1 Corinthians, it would seem, it would appear to me, that it's pretty easy to see that the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge are speaking gifts, okay? First one that we're gonna look at tonight, okay, now we're in the message. First one that we're gonna look at tonight is the word of wisdom. I promise to get you out, here, out of here before midnight, okay? There's only 19 gifts, and we're not gonna cover them at all tonight, hardly at all. The first one, though, I do wanna look at is the word of wisdom. Word of wisdom. It's only mentioned in the Bible once, right here. And yet, we see its use all through Scripture. We see it in Old Testament. We see it in the Gospels. We see it in the book of Acts. We see it in, in the letters to the churches. The Greek word translated for word, for the word of knowledge or word of wisdom, the word is logos. And it's defined again. It's, it's not only just something said, but it also includes the thought. And by implication, the very topic that's going on. It also has the idea of the reasoning. To the Greek, though, that the whole idea was the very essence of the person or the entity. In the beginning was the logos. It was much more than a spoken word. It was the very essence of who he was. So it means a lot more, but it does mean that word, that spoken word, the motive. The Greek word, again, translated a lot of places in the New Testament, a lot of different ways. It's translated as the account, as preaching, as a question, saying, speech, talk, utterance, work, tidings. All of those you find within your Bible, the Greek word is probably logos, okay? The word wisdom is the translation of the Greek word Sophia, Sophia. So if you named your daughter Sophia, you've named her wisdom. You need to understand, though, that wisdom is a whole lot different than knowledge. Also understand, we are speaking divine interpretations of these things, not the general, generic, worldly interpretation of these things. So divine gift of the word of wisdom given by the Holy Spirit is to help us understand what we might know or to see and then direct us in the right application, many times, of knowledge that we have. In other words, I know these things. What do I do with it? when it's the spiritual, it's the divine word of wisdom, I may see what's going on. Now, Lord, I need your direction to tell me what to do with that, what to declare, what to speak about those things. We see that word of wisdom used, again, uh, throughout the ministry of Jesus and the apostles. You don't need to turn there for sake of time, but in Matthew chapter 22, Remember when Jesus was being tested as to whether it was right to give tax to Caesar or not. You know, he took the coin and he said, whose image is on it? And he said, well, it's Caesar's. And then he said, render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, to God the things that are God. And when they heard these words, they marveled and they went their way. I believe that that was a word of wisdom. Say, well, no, Jesus was just a smart guy. Well, yeah, because the Holy Spirit was working through him. I know he was God in the flesh. I understand that. But you need to understand. No, that was, I believe that that was a word of wisdom. There were facts that were laid out there. He knew that they were coming to try and attack him, that they were trying to set him up. And so he spoke a word of wisdom. Hey, render unto Caesar's what's Caesar's, unto God what's God. They had no argument. They, they couldn't do anything with that at that point in time. 
In Acts chapter 15, during that conference that was held in Jerusalem about what are we going to do with these Gentiles? They say that they're coming to Christ, but they're not even Jewish yet. And this big argument that started taking place there in chapter 15 of the book of Acts. The Holy Spirit gave James, the half-brother of the Lord, a word of wisdom. He had all of the facts laid out for him. And he says, hey, you know what? It's crazy to put on them the same kind of burden that we have as Jews. Just tell them, man, don't, don't do profane things. Keep yourself sexually pure and don't drink the blood of uh, sacrificed animals. You're, you'll be fine. Again, just a simple word, but a word of wisdom, a word of direction. The three gifts together, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the discerning of spirits, which we're not going to get into tonight. Each one of those work pretty much in unison with each other. They're, they're not necessarily working all at the same time, and their, their definition and the usages of those gifts differ, but the purpose of all three of those gifts is the same. They allow the Christian, the believer, to say or to act in the appropriate way at specific situations. The discernment of spirits, no, you know, you may be telling me that, but man, the Lord has just given me red flags. I'm not going that way. We'll look at the word of knowledge, and again, you get in a situation, and suddenly the Lord's going to reveal to you and says, man, that's, you, no, that, what you're saying is not true. As a matter of fact, I really believe that this is what's going on. That's nothing that you knew, but it's the word of knowledge that God gave you. So again, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and the discerning of spirits, I think help keep you and I out of trouble a lot. Man, that's some of the gifts you want to be praying for. Lord, give me. Give me that word of wisdom. Give me that word. Give me that discerning of spirits. Jesus told his disciples that they shouldn't worry about what they were to say when they were brought before the judges because of their ministry, because of their proclamation of the kingdom. He told them in Luke chapter 12, he says, now when they bring you to the synagogues and the magistrates and the authorities, don't worry about how or what you should answer or what you should say. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Beloved, that's, that's a word of wisdom that he's given. He says, you're going to stand before the magistrates. What are you going to say? Well, I don't need a discerning of spirits. I know that they're against me. I don't need a word of knowledge. I, you know, I, I know that they're antichrist. What I need is a word of wisdom so I can speak to, again, kind of you know, balance out the whole situation. I believe that what he was saying, man, he was promising them the gift of the word of wisdom. We see it played out in Acts chapter 4. We won't go there tonight because you're running out of time. In difficult situations, whether it be in counseling or in conflict, the Holy Spirit can give you, yeah, he can give you a word of wisdom. Well, how do I get that? You ask for it. You ask for it. Paul tells us later, hey, don't be afraid to ask for the gifts. Now, you may or may not have used that gift in the past. Maybe you've never had that. Maybe you feel that you are just dumber in a box of rocks and dealing with this kind of stuff. Well, you know what? It's okay to ask. Lord, give me a word of wisdom because, man, this is not going well right now. Not human wisdom, but supernatural wisdom. 
A supernatural word that you know it doesn't come from you. That word that can bring deeper understanding in whatever the situation that you're in, that can kind of resolve a conflict, that can help in a counseling when somebody needs, you know, man, they need your insight, but they don't need your human insight. Man, they need a word from the Lord. And they've come to you because you said you're a believer. Don't give them your wisdom. You be praying, man, the whole time. Lord, you give me wisdom. I don't need to give them my trash. I need your wisdom. Still in verse 8 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we find to another one, he gives the word of knowledge through the same spirit. And again, we see this gift, it's only listed here, and it doesn't give us any further explanation about it. And yet, this particular gift, I think, was used frequently by the Lord, by the disciples, the first century church. That word of knowledge, knowledge is gnosis. The the Greek word described as knowing or, or knowledge. It carries with it other forms, the idea of understanding or recognition. We get the word actually agnostic from it. An agnostic is someone that says, I don't know. I don't know if there is a God. Don't get an agnostic confused with an atheist. An atheist is the guy who's really wacko. He says there is no God, and he has absolutely no proof. I'd rather speak to an agnostic who says, I just don't know. And because, again, they're at least being honest about it. So agnostic, they put the A in front of gnostic, agnostic. For us, most all of our knowledge As we sit in here tonight, most all of our knowledge is experiential knowledge, okay? We know what we know by learning or experiencing because you went to school because, man, I I did that three weeks ago and I'm not going to do that anymore. I have knowledge that I'm not going to do that again. So that kind of a thing. Every student prays for the word of knowledge on test day, okay? Uh, man, I don't have any experience. I don't have any learning. I need a word of knowledge here. The word of knowledge is not what you've learned. It's not what you've experienced. Guys, it's supernatural. If it's what you learned or what you experienced, guess what? You're driving that Chevy again, okay? It's, it's what you know. It's what you're able to do. Rather than, Lord, give me something from you in this situation, We see this gift manifested again several times in the life of Jesus. He knew the hearts of men. He had that gift of knowledge, that word of knowledge. I know what you guys are up to. You come in here, you're buttering me all up. I know you're out to kill me. He knew that. That's a word of knowledge. That's the understanding. He knew that Judas was the betrayer. There was no doubt in his mind. Judas was, you know, all nice and friendly and everything. Hey, I'll take care of the money for you guys. He knew who he was all the time. There's a lot of biblical scholars, at least those who still believe in the supernatural work of God and understand there's a lot of biblical scholars that don't believe in the supernatural work of God. There's a lot of professors in a lot of Bible colleges and seminaries that don't believe in the supernatural work of God and they're training future pastors. So, you know, the the future of the church is in dire straits. Be praying for the church. But anyway, many of them still believe, they agree that this word of knowledge is best described as a supernatural revelation of facts, past, present, or future, that were neither learned through the efforts of the natural mind nor experienced by them. So again, supernatural revelation. We only see this supernatural gift given, or not only, we we see this gift given to the disciples 
One of the best illustrations, uh, I love it, uh, and it's in Acts chapter 5, and when anybody comes up to me and starts bemoaning and says, we need a first century church, I just wish the church was like the first century, I take him to Acts chapter 5. I say, okay, uh, just be careful what you say, because if you get caught lying, you're going to die, okay? Because again, Ananias and Sapphira, they came up to Peter and they said, hey, we sold our property, and they sold it for 100000 They came and gave, you know, 50000 or whatever it was. They, they were pretending that they were giving it all to him. We gave everything to you, but they were holding back. The sin wasn't in the holding back. The sin was in the lie that they took. Well, how did Peter know that they lied? The gift of the word of knowledge. He had no understanding of that, but the Holy Spirit revealed that to him. And guess what? Boom, Ananias died right there. Can you see how useful the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge is in areas of counseling, in areas of of, of conflict? It allows us to pray really with, with understanding particularly if the Lord reveals the truth of the insights of a situation in a way that we have no other way of knowing. No other way of knowing. Have you ever been impressed to pray for somebody just kind of out of the blue? You know what? That might be the word of knowledge God giving you right then to pray for that individual. Well, you know, no big flash, no big, you know, heebie-jeebie, you know, thrills. No, and I guarantee you, the greatest portion of the works of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it's not the dog and pony show that we see so often on cable TV or whatever. You know what? It's just the work of God working through individual believers, like every one of us in here. And God can, and he does, and he will continue to do that. You may not have all the information to pray for that person, but the Holy Spirit brought that person's to your mind. And the Holy Spirit is leading you to pray for that individual at a time when normally that wouldn't even be your direction of prayer. Man, I haven't thought of them in years. Man, Lord, they're just heavy on my heart. You brought them to my heart like three or four times today. Maybe I need to pray for them. Yeah, maybe you do. And you know what? And when that happens, thank him for the gift. Thank him for the gift. Be grateful for what God is doing. The Apostle Paul speaks of Again, this whole, in Ephesians chapter 3, beginning verse 1, you can write it down. He says, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, to you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which was given to me, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I've already written briefly, but which when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, in which other ages had not it had not been made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body, partakers of this promise in Christ through the gospel. You know what? I am so glad that the Holy Spirit gave Paul the gift of the word of knowledge so that he would preach the gospel to us Gentiles. That's what he's saying. That wasn't revealed before. But God revealed it to me. He made it known to me. Can you see how in ministry, this word of knowledge, this word of wisdom, man, they are so necessary. And I'm not talking about this ministry. I'm talking about that ministry, your ministry. 
The way you as a believer should be living your life in the world that's around. Remember Ephesians chapter four, he gave the apostles, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers. Why did he do that? For the equipping of the saints for what? The work of ministry. And he's given all these other gifts to everyone who is a believer. The Holy Spirit has gifted us. And I don't believe with just one gift for all time, but I believe that he gifts us as it's necessary. We're so glad you joined us today on The Open Word for Pastor David Landry's verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter teaching through the book of 1 Corinthians. You can find more messages from Pastor David and information about The Open Word by visiting our website, theopenword.com. If you're looking for a home church and are in the Casa Grande area, why not join us for a time of worship and Bible study? Calvary Chapel Casa Grande has services each Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. on Wednesdays and Saturdays. You can find location information and directions by going to theopenword.com and following the links to the church homepage. Now here's Pastor David with some information on how you can help support the ministry of The Open Word. Hey, I love being able to share the Word of God with you through this radio ministry. Radio programs like The Open Word are wonderful tools that God uses to advance His kingdom here on earth. But as with any ministry, there are expenses. I know God is blessing His children through The Open Word, and God has given us a vision to see this ministry expand and reach even further. Would you prayerfully consider financially supporting The Open Word? Log on to theopenword.com and simply click on the support option to help us continue to grow. Thanks, Pastor David. That's all the time we have for today. But join us again as we continue digging deeper into the book of 1 Corinthians, right here on The Open Word.